Welcome to another episode of the BU Podcast, where light banter meets deep topics of the heart and soul. I'm your host, Chris Sirock. Good morning or good evening, wherever you are. For our first timers, welcome, my friends. If we all reflect back on our life, that first time we experience anything is always very special. Even if it then turns out to be something we just do once, the first time is always very special. And why is that? Well, it's because we haven't created a mental definition of whatever it is we're experiencing yet. And that mental definition really upsets the freshness and the newness and the magic of the experience. The more we experience something, the more dull it seems to get. We've created this mental snapshot of what something is. We've defined it. And as such, we no longer really experience the people, places, and things around us, but rather we're experiencing our mental snapshot, our memory, our definition, our judgment. And we hold on to that definition, for better or for worse. So if we see somebody in a certain light, we tend to continue to see them in that light. And if it was an unpleasant experience, maybe they rubbed us the wrong way, we now expect them to rub us the wrong way next time we see them. If we label somebody as a bad person, we now put them in the box of bad. And as a result, we never really experience them anew we experience them the way we expect to experience them. And of course, it's necessary to hold space for our past experiences, our memories of how somebody might have treated us or what their sensitivities are so that we can help manage that. But ultimately, there always needs to be some connection to who they are right now. Maybe they had a bad day last time. Maybe you had a bad day last time and, and that colored the experience a certain way and we wake up in different moods every day. Perhaps we can all here reflect on a situation where we labeled somebody a certain way and then we found out they were going through a difficult period of life. We happened to encounter them when they were in the midst of that. and So we have to always keep that beginner's mindset at the forefront. The same thing applies to us. We tend to carry a most rigid of all perceptions of ourselves, this rigid identity of all our truths, all our non-truths. It's not just holding on to things that we believe are true, but for every one thing that we hold as true, we have to hold everything else as untrue. So this massive truth structure starts to build as we grow up and it starts to shrink our horizon starts to shrink our experience of every new situation that arises so how to keep the moment fresh there are some very simple tricks that we can apply in our day-to-day -day. and one of those is to notice the detail Noticing something new is what breaks that mental image, the preconception that we may come into a situation with. 
because it forces us to look closer it forces us to re-experience and re-examine something and with that you can feel how our focus shifts from pretending that we already know who somebody is what a situation brings to oh, what else is there curiosity sets in an openness and an inclusivity you come out of this energy of we already know what's going to happen which is standoffish and we shift into leaning in wanting to know more so even being surrounded by people that we see every day simple things like noticing the clothes they're wearing sometimes we do that already and it seems to freshen up the situation doesn't it so noticing the details about a situation breaks the mental patterns of what we believe something is before we encounter it of who somebody is before we engage with them so you don't have to meditate or do breath work most of mindfulness is just staying connected to what is and the most fundamental dimension of what connects us to the things that are and that is our sensations our five senses are the glue it's where our physical presence interacts and gets its inputs from so being fully aware of one's body and the constant interactivity with our environment that is showing up in our body those are our feelings our feelings show up somewhere in our body and that's really what we practice in these meditation sessions is to just stay connected to our feelings to feel them fully without reacting to them because it's actually our natural state to feel our feelings fully I think everyone can agree with that but it's about the awareness to start recognizing that we haven't been feeling our feelings fully this whole life we've lived conditioned to react to our feelings feeling arises somewhere in our body maybe pleasant maybe unpleasant and we react to it if it's unpleasant oh I don't want to feel that way we push it away and we blame whoever caused it as the source of it if it's pleasant oh I want more of that we react to it with clinging and we also attribute that good feeling to whatever brought about the feeling so we completely lose track of that we are not our feelings and that we're not at the mercy of the people places and things around us that may bring up the feeling but they're not to blame it is how we manage our feelings that we have control over and the primary mechanism of feelings is to arise and pass is to come and go and it's only our lingering on those feelings our reaction that keeps us reliving regurgitating looping through something that's already happened that's already gone sometimes for hours days and the deeper traumas for years reliving something that is in the past by bringing in the stuck feelings from the past we keep letting that past experience clutter and complicate 
new experiences. That's at the root of all our confusion, our sense of disconnect, feeling lonely and isolated, because we're never really feeling our feelings. We're always reacting to them. And this reaction keeps us out of sync with life. And this reactivity lives in our brains. The neurons that get hardwired from our reactivity are in our head. And so we're constantly being pulled out of our body into our head space. And the mind loves to not just react to things happening now. It pulls in the past and makes the future more important. Already as it's happening, the mind will judge it and project into the future. Using the mind as a tool to navigate the now is an appropriate use of it. And you can see how it becomes a practical tool. You can plan and assess and develop skills, but it's not so helpful when we're lost in thought most of the time. And that's when we loop around things that aren't even real, no longer real. It's one of the ancient analogies of I think six or seven blind men walking into a room with an elephant. And one of them takes a hold of the tail. And if asked what is an elephant, that blind man says it's a bottle brush. And another one who holds on to the, a leg, in their experience, an elephant is a tree, and so forth. So most of our interpretations that we then loop and linger on are not really the full picture anyway. They're interpretations of some experience, usually based on very limited inputs. So to bring that beginner's mindset into each new situation opens us up and keeps us exploring more, taking in more of the picture, and to be able to see it more clearly. But if we just grab a hold of the tail or the leg, then declare that as that's what's real and reality it becomes very highly subjective, highly limited. And the same thing applies to ourselves. There are parts of us that we are familiar with and many parts about ourselves that we're not. So creating awareness around who we are and not just sticking with the belief of who we think we are at this moment and that's all there ever is. That mindset keeps us growing and expanding and exploring. And ultimately, the world within dictates our experience of the world without. The experiences of walking through this external world are all a reflection of how well we know ourselves within. If we only have a handful of beliefs about ourselves, we're going to only experience the world around us through those few limited beliefs. And the practice of mindfulness is to let go of beliefs because there's only so many things we can hold on to anyways. So many truths that we can hold space for within ourselves because we are ultimately working with a limited tool again, the mind. So the ultimate freedom is to come out of all beliefs and just replace all of that with the awareness of life unfolding, the awareness of our own presence. To view each situation that we encounter is an opportunity for us to play our part in it. At a deeper level, we've created the situation by showing up. We're a player in it, and life is asking us to play our role. 
So we talked earlier about how to keep moments fresh. And one of the simple ways is to just notice some detail that you haven't noticed before that breaks the mental image of what we think we know. But the ultimate method to keeping things fresh is to look for what is wanting to unfold, to be with the situation, to not be reacting to what we think should be happening. That's the small space. But to be with allowing what wants to happen. That's the big space, the infinite space. And for that, we have to practice coming out of our head, where all those beliefs live, and into our body, where our being essence lives. That's where we can experience things as they are. That's where we experience ourselves in the context of every situation that we encounter. Our feeling state is our own truth. It doesn't clash with the truth of others. But feeling within our own bodies what resonates and what doesn't, that's our own truth. And we can stand in that truth without feeling the need to validate, without getting defensive when somebody else believes something else, without the need to compare and judge and label and define. That's all a very complicated way of living. But rather just to be. To be in the knowing of what resonates for you, what doesn't. And it's typically an instant knowing. Sometimes we have to let a situation unfold a little bit. And based on your human design, some of us respond immediately, some of us a little later, but ultimately we're focused on our feeling state and our awareness of what our body is saying by allowing our feelings to arise and pass via the sensation that we experience on our body. And that keeps us out of our head and it keeps us out of reactivity. We're no longer judging what we're feeling, no longer attributing how we're feeling to the situation, but we're keeping an equanimous, balanced mind, just noticing, observing, and experiencing what is. So then what happens is these feelings arise, and then they leave us again. That is their natural motion, to come and go, to arise and pass. And while the feeling, the sensation itself arises and passes, it leaves behind the resonance our inner GPS, our blueprint that says this was a situation that brought me insight or this was a situation that told me to stay away from it in the future. From a place of clarity, not from a place of reactivity. So we learn and we take out of the situation everything we can by observing our feelings about it. And then we move on to the next moment to see what it brings. And so as we move from moment to moment, always feeling the sensations, allowing them to rise and pass, what resonates and what doesn't becomes our guiding principle, the leading sphere of our experience. Sometimes people say, well, if you're just experiencing the moment, are you just floating aimlessly through life? Well, nothing could be farther from the truth. Knowing what's right in this moment, 
helps you make decisions that are in alignment with who you really are. And all those micro decisions in every situation, they start to build momentum. They start to reveal a path. And before we know it, the bigger picture shows itself. Our calling emerges. Our purpose appears. In fact, it happens before we're really ready for it. Hence the word calling. We're being called to something that we're not quite there yet. But we can see it. It still requires us to grow and expand and educate ourselves, take some classes, deepen our own practice. Whatever the calling may be, by responding to what resonates, staying out of reactivity, making clear decisions, taking clear action, that calling starts to emerge. And so the inner work that we do on ourselves, which some people think is selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed, but ultimately that's what then opens us up to representing ourselves and our authenticity to inspire others, not through wanting them to be different, wanting them to be like us, to cover up any insecurities, to live up to the labeling and the, the judgments and the mental snapshot we have of them, but rather because we're living from such a place of joy and ease, from uncomplicatedness. That is the essence we bring into our doing, and that is the essence that inspires others, because the awareness of ourselves we then bring into all our situations. And that's it for today's episode. You can download the 30-minute guided meditation from this session for free by going to my website, sirak.com forward slash free. Or just message me anywhere on social media at Chris Sirak, and I'd be happy to send it to you. Until next time, be happy, be free, be you.